Alright, what's good y'all? Welcome back to another episode of One on One. It's your host, your master of ceremonies. It's me, Tommy, and... Hey there y'all, it's Alana. Alright, so Alana is new to the show, so I want to make sure the listener has a chance to get to know who's in the room and learn a little bit about Alana. So, Alana, if you don't mind kind of covering a few of the things about how we know each other, where you're from, what you do for a living, uh, and then something the audience should know about you. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm currently a residence hall director here at NAU going into my second year. Uh, Tommy and I actually have a fun interaction. I interviewed him when he was interviewing for full-time positions, and now he's here, and now we're great friends. Um, Originally from Ohio, moved to Arizona, Arizona transplant, you know, gotta love that life. Um, One thing that Y'all should know about me, I speak two languages, English and sarcasm. Oh, I like that. So, well, hopefully the listener's going to get to know a little bit more about you throughout the episode. Also, NAU, if you're ever upset about me being here, you can blame Alana. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) we're just going to jump right into an overview, and uh, it's the most chaotic time of the year, especially for hall directors. Um, And so I think this is something where people are moving in, there's a lot of different perceptions, especially around... Uh, different individuals or identities that move in. So we're going to talk a little bit about college athletes and how to create welcoming environments. But first, I have to backtrack a little bit because there's some things that I ain't about that. Um, I was walking, this is the third time this week that I've been walking from the Dube and back. The Dube is basically a place where people can go and eat on NAU's campus. Um, and I keep stepping in gun, gum, not guns, gum. Uh, and I'm <laughs> upset about it. I ain't about that. Like, it is not that hard to just take your gum and throw it in the trash can. As a fellow gum chewer myself, I like to abide by the rules. You know, nobody likes stickiness. For anyone that knows me, I hate being sticky. I don't care if it's on my hands, if it's on my shoes, if I just smell sticky because it's moisture. Being from the Midwest, I'm sure you can relate to that. I'm not about that. That's why I moved to the Southwest. And yet, I still have to deal with people's gum. So, as a PSA, if you can please make sure that you throw away your gum, or if you see gum on the sidewalk, feel free to go ahead and put something over it so that way other individuals like myself don't have to worry about it. Enough. I'm moving on. The best thing I saw this week um, is kind of that new segment that we started a week ago. There's a lot of stuff to see in Flagstaff. Sometimes it's just things that are happening at the university or within housing. Um, But this week, the best thing I saw was someone gave me flowers from our staff. And so that was something that really made my day. It's been a long week overall. And it was nice to know that, one, the staff cares about it, but little known fact, I also really love flowers. So that was the best thing for me that I really enjoyed. Is there anything for you that you really enjoyed or the best thing that you saw this week? Um, I definitely had a very similar experience. And so Friday was kind of a heavy topical day during training this week. And my staff noticed that we were all just kind of feeling a little down. And so they went to Target and bought me a bag of hot Cheetos because they know that's my favorite snack. Um, Just recognizing that we all had a very rough day and it was very nice to have some appreciation from them as well. I like it. So... 
Do you prefer hot Cheetos over Takis then? I hear that's a strong debate. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry, but hot Cheetos are so much better than Takis. Interesting. I think I like hot Cheetos more only because the flavor is more potent, but Mm -hmm. I like the crunch more of the Takis. Yeah, I'm a fan of hot Cheetos and cream cheese. If you haven't tried it, it's delicious. I will not knock it this time because (laughs) I also randomly tried... Buffalo Wild Wings, cheese curds, and caramel sauce. And Delicious. I will tell you, if you're a listener, you're kind of like, mm, that doesn't sound right. I, I would give it a try. So that's not my this feels right section, but that does help us transition <laughs> right into it. So again, this is a segment where we look back at something we did that either seemed like a good idea or felt right to do. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this one. And my this feels right it was not a good idea. You can't tell, but I'm shaking my head. Alana can see it happening. And basically... It's been about seven weeks since I got a haircut. The average human gets it every six weeks, so I was already pushing the limit. Uh, here's the thing. like, uh, for, I'm pretty sure most of the listeners know this, but I identify as black. Um, and there are not a lot of black barbers in Flagstaff, mm-hmm. let alone open on a Sunday. For a lot of individuals, <laughs> you probably know that like black people on Sunday, like then they just want to be at home doing their thing. Like It's very much a family time. Uh, And so I went to Great Clips because there was nothing else open. And you could probably see from Alana's side comments here, uh, it was exactly like that experience. I walked in. I appreciate the hairstylist that was there. They're like, you know what? I have no experience cutting your hair. And at first off, I was like, thank you for being honest. I would have been pissed if you didn't tell me the (laughs) truth. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. One, I don't believe you because I have yet to see a single black person today. And I even went to the farmer's market. Um, But two, I also... I was like, okay, just so you know, this is kind of what I mean when I say, like, I would like a low fade with a little bit of hair on top so I can kind of style it a little bit, make sure I'm doing my thing. Um, and she was like, cool. She cut the whole thing all over. She just went, like, she put a three, which is, like, the size of oh, hair no. all the way through. And then she tried to narrow it down from there. And I was like, oh, it's going to be so short. But also, I was like, do I give her advice? Like, I think I'm going to. This is my hair. It's my body. I want to make sure I know what's mm-hmm. going on. And so, um, long story short, basically, at the end, she was like, thank you for being patient with me and also, like, giving me some feedback because this is my first experience. So part of me was like, ah, first time. But also, I was like, this could be good because maybe you're going to get some more experience So the next person that walks in, you have a little bit of an idea. Um, the bad part about it is my hair doesn't look all that great. Like, it looks okay. It'll be fine, but also uh, it just doesn't feel right. So um, (laughs) that's my part for this segment. But do you have anything that you want to share? Yeah, I think for me, so I had mentioned to Tommy earlier that I had gotten my nose pierced last night. And personally, I was really chickening out. Um, I went with two other friends and I watched one of them get it done. And I literally just looked and turned around and said, hell no, like I'm not doing this. It's not for me. I'll stick to tattoos. Um, But then we kind of walked around downtown a little bit and I decided, I was like, you know what? I want this. So we're going to do it. We walked right back in. I sat in the chair almost chickened out again, but then it took like two seconds and it was over and now I'm loving it, even though it kind of hurts right now. It's a little sore. Don't really know how I'm going to blow my nose, but you know, we'll (laughs) figure it out when it comes. So at first I didn't think it was going to be a good idea. And then I thought, you know what, this is what I want. This is my body. I don't really care what other people think. So I did it and I'm happy about it. I like it. Do you think you would get more piercings? No. That's fair. One and done. That is okay. No, no. Uh, well, we're going to move into the next segment, which is I got a story for you. And so Alana's going to kick it off. But this is the segment where 
Um, it can either be a, an embarrassing one, an inspirational one. So we figured to start, we're going to talk about first college memories because that's pretty much everybody's experience right now. For sure. So the first college memory that I had that I literally will never forget was the most embarrassing moment I've had. My freshman year, I was told, never wear your lanyard around your neck and don't print out your class schedule because that's how people identify that you're a freshman. So I had my class schedule on my phone and I had my lanyard in my backpack. Thought I was all set and good to go. First day of class, I'm looking good, I'm ready, it's college. And so I'm looking at my phone, trying to figure out where my classes are, not paying attention to where I'm walking, and I walked straight into a stop sign, and there was just a group of other people, and they saw it, and I just thought to myself, like, what is wrong with me right now? But you know what? I went on, I tell that story all the time, and I'm like, you know what? I'm quirky, I'm weird, it's fine. Do you think it would have made a difference had they known that you were a freshman and walked into a sign? I think they knew I was a freshman already because gotcha. I looked like a child, so it was fine. Hey, it's okay. I also have a story about that, but that's for another time. Um, <laughs> my story, so um, I moved in, I was one of those students that moved in early to college. I came about a week and a half early because I was in the band, so um, we had band camp leading up to kind of the opening convocation, which I will also talk about what convocation is as well. Um But I moved in early. The first actual week of school, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a great student. I want to study. I'm going to make sure I go to the library. So I went to the library with some people from the floor that Friday and Saturday. My roommates, however, uh, I think probably still wanted to be good students, but they also wanted to have more fun than I was having. And so they decided that they would go with the other half of the floor out to a party. Um, Keeping in mind, all of us were freshmen. We were all in the biomedical sciences and pre- medical field um so everybody wanted to be a doctor basically and those who stayed behind and had gone to the library basically had a movie night and then we played some board games and around 11 30 p.m uh, the rest of the floor strolls back in and so i remember a couple of distinct things about that one that was the first time i'd ever actually seen somebody intoxicated i was very confused i thought you know what I want to be a medical doctor. This is real life. I'm ready to actually get some experience. And so uh, I started with my roommate. His name is Colton. Won't give the last name just in case. But uh, he was particularly interesting because he he had gotten super intoxicated and basically thought it would be a great idea to go ahead and take his clothes off and just lie in his trench coat um, or pea coat, I guess is a more accurate one. And he also really wanted to hug everybody and tell them, I love you. First off, I don't want to hug anybody that's naked. Not about that. <laughs> Secondly, I only met you last week. Like, I don't think you really love me. Uh, and third, I was like, I am not sure what to do right now, but I'm going to give you some Gatorade because that seems like a, feel, a fair thing to do. Uh, so that was one of the individuals that was really interesting. The other person was this guy named Alex. He was also my roommate. And I didn't know this about Alex, but he can be kind of a habitual liar. And what I mean by that is that night he was telling us that he has an Irish accent because he spent a lot of time in Ireland. For the listener, just to be clear, he is from Los Alamos, New Mexico. (laughs) Just to be clear, that's a landlocked state, not even close to (laughs) Europe in any way. Uh, But that night, there was a couple individuals on our floor that he was trying to flirt with and things like that, and his Irish accent came out. And what was distinctly impressionable about it is that we had two foreign exchange students from England, and they were like, your accent's kind of interesting. Where are you from? And he was like, oh, well, I my parents are from Ireland because he knew the rest of us 
knew that he was from New Mexico. And so he was trying to play it off, and I was like, I didn't know that accents could be hereditary. Last I checked, you had to actually live in that place. Uh, long story short, he didn't get away with it. I also gave him some Gatorade and also a little bit of a pep talk because I felt like he was feeling kind of down after his <laughs> failed attempt at speaking a different accent. Um, but the last part that was distinctly memorable um, was how much we actually bonded over that. Like everybody refers to the first night of college or the first weekend of college and I think that is true. While it was probably not the most idealistic way to bond, I will say I never ended up in the medical field, yet I'm still dealing with these incidents, even now, uh, helping college freshmen still learn how to cope with their drinking habits. So not much has changed, you could say, over the last six years, but that is one of my most memorable moments in college. Uh, we're going to move right along to, hmm, I have thoughts. Uh, and that's that section where it's us giving our opinions on things that we... Um, talk about or experience in the halls and so this one specifically is going to focus on college athletes in residence halls and so to kind of give a little background we're going to talk about some assumptions some experiences but then Alana and I are going to kind of talk about what are the goals that we have specifically for those students because I think a lot of times society but also even within student affairs tends to view college athletes drastically different from any other students that we have living in our halls and so um, some of those assumptions really just start with experiencing them as dumb jocks. That's something that we often hear as a quote. Um, but also a lot of times people feel that they get special privilege, whether that's because they get to live in a nicer hall or they get some different amenities that other students might not be provided. And the other one is that they really seem to not care about classes. Again, these are all assumptions, not beliefs that I hold. But something that I found particularly interesting was how to go about making sure these students feel accepted, but more importantly, that they're having a experience where they can actually learn and be successful in the classroom. And so this is one that I got from actually one of our faculty advisors at Kansas State University, Dr. Rubin, who teaches in the College Student Affairs Program. Um, and it's specifically about how to advise and work with student athletes. And so some of the things that we'll talk about in the goals we'll get to in a moment, but I also want to talk about some of the experiences. And so another individual... Is from the University of Kansas, or KU, if you prefer. Uh, and they do a lot of interesting stuff. Have you heard anything about what they do at KU, Alana? I haven't. Okay. Um, so I'll give a little bit of background, because I think it's particularly interesting. But one of the things that they do is they try to make sure that their athletes do have differential or preferential treatment. And one of the reasons for that, they argue, is that you have to support the student the student-athlete's experience because it's drastically different to begin with. So one of the things that they do, specifically one of the residence hall, is they have a multifunctional room designed just for their students to be able to have meetings, to have seminars, and also game day meals. They also have a recreation room within their hall with a pool table and a view to the basketball court. Basketball is huge at KU. Um, that's also where like basketball kind of started in that way. Um, a tiered media room for viewing game films, so that way athletes don't have to go over to the recreational complex where all of these sports take place, but they can do so right in the comfort of their own residence hall. Mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of the last part is that there's a community space that has a rooftop terrace. Unsure if that's necessary, uh, but it does have a gas fireplace, so that way athletes can come back and have kind of a quiet place to just chill and relax, and then they have a study room specifically for those individuals. So... All of that being said, that's how maybe one institution in particular, but maybe other institutions as well, 
uh, try to make sure that their athletes have some different treatment because of things that they have going on. Uh, but I think here at NAU, there's not really, from what I've gathered at least, any preferential treatment or anything like that. It's basically, hey, you're a student. This is one of your identities. Uh, we're going to help you navigate it to begin with. So my first question to you is, what are your thoughts on having different housing units for athletes? I think it's interesting. And as Tommy was talking to me about what they do at KU, at first I was kind of like disagreeing, like that's not fair. But then when you think about it more, student athletes do have a very different experience. And I feel like they have a lot of pressure on them because they are students, but they're also entertainers and that's how they bring in income for sports to keep their programs and so I think um, I know a lot of times that I don't find myself thinking about that all that pressure that they have and you know making sure that they're focusing on their academics and doing well in the classroom too and so I think that's kind of interesting that they do that Um, I'd be interested to find out more if there's other institutions that are pretty similar Um, I would assume some like of the bigger schools where athletics are huge um, might do something like that but here at NEU they're students yes they're athletes too but I think NEU does a good job of us treating them equally as everyone and not giving them special privilege because they're athletes. Yeah. I think some of my thoughts that I have is I can see where it's helpful to have that environment, but also their schedule and just the way they have to navigate college, I think is already designed to do so. I think a residence hall is kind of an exception in that place where um, I guess my first thought when they talked about like there's a tiered media room for viewing or they have like special multifunctional rooms where they can do game day meals is I think it doesn't allow them to have a separation of work and home like it feels like it just all flows together I know a lot of times we talk about RAs and they live where they work and they work where they live and I feel like this is starting to kind of get into that same boundary for student athletes where they no longer get to like go back to a place they live and just live there it's like hey we still have these kind of semi-structured formats or um events that kind of force you to still have to and maybe in some ways that's beneficial um, but I think it doesn't necessarily allow them to have some of that true authentic college experience quote unquote Um, the other part that I think is also interesting I do agree that they definitely have a different experience simply because they are in some ways entertainers I think they also have a lot of added pressure that if they're not successful for a lot of students that's still how they're getting through college Uh, and I think that's a huge added um, stress that other students don't have to deal with. Like, they just have to get good grades. The athletes have to get good grades and also perform to a level where they're competitive against other colleges and in- universities. So I think that makes it incredibly difficult as well to try to navigate that. And so I'm glad that we don't, I guess, kind of follow KU's system in that way. But it is something I think to be cognizant of, especially just trying to make sure, like, do the students have what they need? Um they really have time to come and talk to us anyway because they're normally out in the classroom or they're on the field or in the gym doing whatever they need to do. And so I think at the very least, we as hall directors or just as um, hall staff have to make sure we're being proactive and reaching out to them because I don't know that they're necessarily comfortable because they already get a lot of those assumptions we talked about to begin with, but they also just don't have the time to physically let us know things. And so one of my goals, especially because we have a lot of athletes living in Gabbled, and I think there's like 70 or so, um, to try to make sure, one, we're supportive of their different sports that they're involved in, but two, 
to make sure that when they come back, they know that we still see them as students and as individuals, not just as someone who represents the university in that way. Those are a little bit of the thoughts. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Alright, we are back. So we're going to jump right back into the ridiculous section. And again, we both work on a college campus, and so there's a lot of different things that we experience every week. So it could be ridiculous, could be hilarious. We'll find out. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and lead off and move in week. Let me start with what it should ideally look like. Uh, So we spend the whole time preparing for doing our senior staff training. Then we spend a little bit of time doing our student staff training with our RAs and our um, residential college ambassadors to make sure everything is ready to go. The student, when they first arrive, it's going to be easy for them to navigate into the parking lot. They're going to be able to get checked in. They're going to have help getting moved into the room. Then they're going to get settled. And then we're going to kick off the week with a whole bunch of events for them to get in. Sounds great, right? Uh, but that is really, I think, the case of how it actually works. So here we are still kind of prepping. We start to have people move in yesterday. Um, some people even moved in before that. School doesn't start officially uh, until August 27th. So just to give you a time frame, they're moving in a little over a week early. Um, but what we try to make sure, again, going back to the experience, what it should ideally look like, did not happen yesterday. Uh, like I said, we had a whole bunch of college athletes that moved in, which is pretty exciting. And also, uh, I don't know that we were quite prepared in the way that we should have been. So college athletes that live in our building, sorry. Um, but the good news is, we still have a chance to make a first impression. What I would say was ridiculous and also kind of hilarious about it is you can spend so much time trying to get ready and it's never going to be exactly what you imagine it to be like. And in some ways, people might be like, ah, oh, that's unfortunate. But I kind of find it hilarious because I don't know why in my mindset, I always think like, yep, this is going to go perfectly. I have everything planned <laughs> out from the time that we put up the first flyers to making sure that the keys are ready to go. Uh, and it just, I find it comedic every time because... Something always throws me for a curveball. We even had anticipated move-in arrival times. So we had five people scheduled to move in. Ended up with 62. Uh, and so in that <laughs> way, I was like, oh, snap. We're definitely not ready at all. Uh, but I really appreciated that the staff was so willing to help each other out. That was something that really meant a lot to me and I'm sure to the person that was on call. But it's also something I think that was just a nice reminder to be like, you know what? You can plan and prepare all you want, but it's always going to be a little bit of flexibility and adaptability. So that's something I like because it brings a little bit of humor into my life. And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I think for me today, something happened to me that I realized how important facilities really is. And so I was coming back from the store getting some medicine and some um, coffee and coffee creamer because, you know, I can't live without coffee, just can't survive. (laughs) And I was walking into my building and I walked into the door and we have kind of like mats right outside the door for people to like kick the dirt off their feet and not really like mess up our building 
And I one, I really need to learn how to pick up my feet when I walk. It's just a really bad habit, especially when I'm wearing flip-flops and sandals. And so I walk into my building and the mat was kind of like lifted up and I totally just like ate it. I fell and I was like, you know what? This is how today is going. It's fine. And then my RA who was working the front desk saw it because we have a video camera that is pointing towards that entrance. And so he was like, hey, Alana, are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking to me? He's like, I saw you fell. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, what is my life? And so really realizing how important it is for you know facilities and everything to be good to go when students are arriving on campus. Is that footage still on the system? I bet. Okay. I bet you could find it, but don't go do it. It's not. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, we're going to move into the, so what does this mean section? Again, that's kind of that section that's related to some sort of higher ed and student affairs, NASPA competencies, or just understanding the experiences that we might go through as early professionals. And so we're going to talk specifically about moving week and how to create a welcoming environment. Do you want to kick it off? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think when it comes to creating a welcoming environment when students are arriving is really, it really starts with yourself as the hall director and how you portray yourself to your staff. And so if you are feeling panicked or you looked panicked, they're going to imitate that. Um, and so just making sure to be calm when everyone is arriving, um, being level-headed because more than likely parents are letting their students leave the nest and they're nervous and they're scared and um, it's just emotions are flying everywhere and so really training your staff to be level-headed and calm but also exciting um, when students are coming because again it's the first impression that we make for students when they arrive and if we are irritated or agitated or angry and that's their first impression it's just going to go downhill from there and so I think for me it really starts with myself and how I portray myself to the staff but also um, when I'm interacting with parents and the residents that are coming in one thing I like to do is I'm one I'm never in my office when move-in is happening I'm always around walking my community introducing myself because half the time students don't know what a residence hall director is if I had a dollar for every time a parent was like oh you're the head RA I would probably be rich and on a cruise right now so just making sure to introduce yourself and having RAs introduce themselves as well and kind of giving a little brief synopsis of what their position is and that we're here to help yeah something I would add to that too like I think a lot of times you think about just welcoming environment for our students but even sometimes making sure that you feel welcome in the environment I think specifically when you brought up like Oh, I'm not the head RA, like I'm a residence hall director. The amount of times that people say, hi, young man, how are you? Like, first off, okay, yes, I'm still a little young, but also like, I don't need the adjective to the man. You could just say, hey, how are you? What's your name? Uh, but I think that's something that's really important. And that's going to kind of tie into my be authentic is making sure that people understand what your role is. Um, but also like, in the same way that you want to make sure you're creating a welcoming environment for them, also make sure that you feel welcomed in the environment. I think a lot of times people come up to me, and because I don't look that old, um, assume like today, even the person that cut my hair was like, oh, are you excited for your first year of school? Uh, and I was like, I guess as a full-time benefits-eligible employee, <laughs> I am. Um, but that's one of the things that comes to mind. Uh, more specifically with the students, though, being able to listen and understand the stories. A lot of times parents are eager to kind of share like, how they're feeling, especially if it's their first child that's going to college. Uh, NAU has a large percentage of first-generation students. It's well into the 40% in that way. And so 
just willing to sit down and listen so that way you can understand what are some of the things that parents are nervous about? What are some things students are nervous about? One, because it's going to help you figure out what do I need to focus on for these students individually? But two, as a community, what are some trends that we're also seeing in that way? And that's going to help you identify the needs and be able to create that welcoming environment. Um, Sharing your own experience. For me, I think I have a little bit different one. My parents are like, deuces, we're out. Uh, They did not even want to stay for orientation. (laughs) And so sometimes I have a little bit of trouble understanding the opposite effect in that way or a different perspective. And so it's helpful for me to share in that way to say, like, these are some things I felt really good about. But also, like, what are some things that the student or the parent feels good about? Because I think a lot of times it's easy to focus on the negatives. You don't always focus on why are we excited? Like, what are the things that we're looking forward to here? Um, Be mindful of the actual environment. And so what I mean by that is, does it look like your hallway or your lobby area is a mess? I know that's something that we emphasize, make sure that the space is ready for students to use. Uh, I think we're pretty close to there. We probably have one or two boxes that we need to take out. But I think that's something that's really important because if you don't look ready, then people aren't going to feel like it's a place that they want to be. And then lastly, eliminating stress. I think a lot of times it's something as simple as parents just looking down at a map and saying like, hey, can I help you with something? Like, do you need anything? This parent that I interacted with this morning just wanted to know where the closest um, area they could go and park their car after they moved in. And so a lot of times just acknowledging them and making sure that there's a conversation happening is a good way to help them feel welcome, but to also help them eliminate their stress as well. So uh, that's kind of our, what does this mean in creating welcoming environment section? We're going to keep moving right along to real talk. You're getting educated. Sometimes it's a fun fact. Sometimes it's just really important and something that is helpful, but Alana is going to kick it off and then I will go next. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about kind of mental health disorders, and during training uh, two days ago, one of the RAs that I was interacting with told me that she really wants to pursue student affairs, uh, more specifically res life, and she was worried that because mental, like her mental health wasn't always the greatest, that she wasn't going to be able to be in res life or be a grad or pursue student affairs. And so it was a really great conversation that I had because, you know, I myself um, have some mental health disorders and talking to her and just saying like, hey, like it happens, you work through it, but like I'm here, I'm doing my job. It's just making sure to um, take care of yourself and find different outlets to relieve stress or figure out what works for you. Um, But it shouldn't be a discouragement for if you have this type of disorder, you can't pursue what you want to do or your dreams. And so it was a really great conversation to have with her about, you know, like, yeah, we are all are very unique and different, but we also bring, you know, different strengths to areas. And she is fantastic. And I told her, I was like, you really need to pursue this because you would be amazing. And this is what you want to do. So you shouldn't let anything stop you from doing it. And so just making sure to recognize that, you know, you're very unique and you bring differences to everything that you do, but also honoring those differences and those strengths that you have. I like that. I think a lot of times um, it is interesting to see the perception of how many people think like, oh, you're in student affairs or you're in some sort of counseling area where apparently there's just no mental health problems after you leave your (laughs) undergrad. Um, But I do think it would have been interesting, especially when we did our inclusive community building activity, if they were able to identify not necessarily who, but how many individuals within our senior staff or hall leadership did have mental health things going on. So um, 
briefly, I have a couple of them, but one of the things I was going to say, I mentioned convocation at the beginning, and I did not know this until last year, but convocation, one, is just a large formal assembly of people, but specifically designed for freshmen to understand like, hey, you're about to embark on this giant journey through college, and graduation is when you get a chance to actually reflect on that journey. Uh, and I did not know that. So that was a little bit of the spoiler alert that I kind of gave at the beginning, but that was interesting. I also wanted to talk about, again, my dog Milo, because he has finally started to show some affection, and he does so by licking my big toe. It's weird. I don't know how I feel about it. So I looked it up to see, like, how do dogs normally show affection? If you had to guess, what would you say are the top, let's call it two ways that dogs show affection? Um, One, snuggling. Okay. Two... I'm not really sure. I feel like for me, the first one would be snuggling. That's fair. Um, So that is definitely one of the options. Um, Licking is another one that's kind of in the top one. They lick because they want to make sure that their owner is groomed. It's the way of like, uh, the same way cats kind of lick each other or monkeys like peel off the fleas on Mm, each other's back. That's kind of their way of saying like, I want to make sure you're cared for. Uh, But something that I thought was kind of interesting is Milo doesn't really do any of the classic, like, I'm showing you affection. Like, he'll snuggle sometimes, but his snuggling is more like him just trying to bite my nose in a playful way. And I'm like, Milo, I need to breathe. Uh, (laughs) But his other way is he really likes to jump when he hasn't seen me in a while. And so it's something I thought was interesting. And it kind of had something specifically about jumping, which I thought was kind of peculiar because a lot of people are like oh no i don't want the dog jumping at me because it feels like they're being attacked in a lot of ways but um one of the things that they said is when a dog gets extra bouncy around you they're showing you that they care and they do that because the dog gets to be closer to your face and that's a way for them to really show that affection and so they jump to try to make sure that they're getting a little bit more of that human contact Uh, but they also really try to make eye contact with you and so for them to be able to get closer to your face it's showing them, or showing you rather, that, hey, I see you, I acknowledge you. Kind of like in the movie Avatar, not the last airbender, but the blue people one, uh, to say like, hey, thank you for being you. So if you're ever wondering why a dog is doing that to you, or rather if a dog is not doing any of those things, now you know if you're affectionate or not. Uh, moving right along, Mother Teresa, not gonna lie, I barely called her today. Not because I didn't want to, it's just been that hectic. Like I said, it's the most chaotic time of the year. But my mom's advice for this week was pick up the phone and do the work. Not literally, well, literally do the work, but she meant so more in a metaphorical sense where if you have a calling, don't be afraid to answer the phone and follow through and do what you need to do. Um, And I thought that was something that was kind of helpful because sometimes I think especially during this part of the year, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, did I sign up for the right position? (laughs) Uh uh, (laughs) I'm not sure I'm prepared to do this. And so... Uh, I think it's just a nice reminder, like, sometimes it's going to be hectic, you're going to have to do the work, but afterwards, that calling is still going to be there. It's going to be a chance to look back and reflect. So, thanks, Mom. It felt timely. I appreciated it. Uh, we're going to move into the final segment of the show, which is rough translation. Um, and every week, like I normally do, I always end the show with how I'm feeling, sometimes sarcastically, sometimes um, accurately. Sometimes it's just a way of kind of getting listeners to expand their music. And so... Um, this one I think is also very timely. A shout out to Aretha Franklin. She has done a lot, um, for both the black community, I think in general, but also just for the music that she's provided. And so the one that came to mind was R-E-S-P-C-T or respect. 
Uh, and I felt that way for several reasons. Like I kind of alluded to the older man that was like, hey, young man, how's it going there? And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I need some respect. Uh, but other times I think also it was nice in a lot of ways that I think I got different levels of what that respect was from the person that cut my hair saying like, honestly, I haven't cut your type of hairstyle before. Um, that was just a sign of respect for me to be like, cool. I appreciate you being honest and saying like what your experience is like, but also recognizing that I am different from the individuals that you typically interact with and not doing so in a way that was like targeting or anything, but really being honest. Uh, and I think overall, just this entire week, we've done a lot of really intense things, some things from hate and bias related incidents to also talking about how to resolve um, suicide, ideation, or talking about domestic violence. All of those things are really heavy. And it was nice to see so many people show up in a way that they really wanted to learn and do so in a way that was going to be respectful. So that's the reason why I chose that song. And also, I think, as kind of an honor or paying homage, I guess you could say, um, as Aretha Franklin passed away earlier this week. So, um, Alana, is there any song that comes to mind for you that has either really spoken to you this week or that you're just like, you know what, this is a good song and I'm feeling it? Um, I think one song, shout out to Kim Bright, um, gave me a song suggestion called Glamour Child and I've been listening to it every single day and it's just a really feel good song um, especially because like you like Tommy had mentioned it's been kind of a hectic week and a lot has just been happening and so music has really been my outlet and so sometimes I'll just plug in some headphones throw on a candle well not throw on a candle I will light a candle <laughs> uh, light a candle and just like kick back and relax and try to unwind from the day but Glamour Child is probably my favorite song right now. I can't remember the artist, and Kim will probably not like that, but it's it's a great song. Fair enough. So, um, well, as always, we'll make sure to add that to the iTunes and the Spotify playlist. Um, again, thanks for listening. If you have a song that you want to share, feel free to do so. Um, you can always find the podcast on Spotify or iTunes. If there's things that resonate with you, whether that was talking about college athletes or if there are was talking about the welcoming environment, or if there's things that you're like, you know what, I disagree, feel free to leave that in the comment section as well. It's something that we're trying to use as a way to learn and help each other grow in just our overall experiences. Um, and then also just any other thoughts, comments, or suggestions you have. Special shout out again to Alana. Tune in next week. And as always, make good choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.